Good morning to you, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yens on AM 1030 KVOI, the voice, daily in-depth news, conversation, and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser, and welcome to what we call around here our Wednesday Eve show. It's our Tuesday edition of Tipping Point with Zach Yenser. And with that, I want to welcome in all of our listeners this morning and uh, the man making the magic happen on the other side of the glass, Mr. Matt Neely. Matt, good morning to you and uh, happy Wednesday Eve. Happy Wednesday Eve. It's a great day, Zach. We're always a day ahead around here. It's okay. <laughs> uh, full show today, Matt. I uh, would love to keep the phone lines open today. It is an open phone line hour, another one. That's two days in a row. Uh, We always have a lot of great guest conversations, and we will as the week goes on. But today is another live line hour, 520-790-2040, where we will get to talk together about uh, some of the issues. And today is a little bit, Matt, of a a holdover, I guess you could say, uh, hour because there was so much that we talked about yesterday on the show, but also so much that we didn't get to. There was there was two topics that I thought we'd have time to get to, and we didn't, uh, in part, and I love it, because the phone lines uh, uh, were, were busy, and we had people calling in, uh, and I always enjoy that. So uh, this is another hour. This is your other chance uh, this week to give us a call in, 520-790-2040. And uh, the phone lines will be open. I want to talk about uh, what I didn't get to yesterday was that the uh, city council, Tucson City Council, uh, will be uh, getting a report in study session uh, from the Housing and Community Development Department on homelessness and uh, how how many have been served in shelter and so on and so forth. So I want to talk about that. I didn't, can't, I didn't get a chance to talk about that. I also wanted to talk about Tucson as the space city of the Southwest and why I think Tucson is in its uh, potential Pittsburgh moment in terms of something that I think could supercharge this region for many, many years to come by just watering a little bit heavier the seeds uh, that are already in the ground. So that's today's show. Uh, and other things. Let's have a conversation, 520-790-2040. You know, I, I wanted to, Matt, um, you know, kind of start and end a really quick piece with basically what you did in the news just a minute ago. You know, I think the elephant in the room this morning here in our community uh, is this story that broke yesterday um, that Pima County Administrator Chuck Huckleberry actually retired on July 4th, 2021 of last year and began receiving his pension, uh, handed in his retirement papers, exercised a clause in his contract allowing him to continue working as a non-employee consultant. Uh, we're finding out that happened last year. Members of the Board of Supervisors as of today have said that they, they didn't know um, about that, and it was um, uh, one of Dylan Smith's team over at the Tucson Sentinel that dug in pretty deep this week to to figure that out. Um, and a really interesting story, given that even yesterday on this show, we said that we thought the big thing on the agenda today 
uh, was the official acceptance of that retirement that was thought to have been given just a number of days ago, but was actually provided last July. And now that has just taken uh, an agenda item to a whole new level. And so, Matt, I, I, I appreciate that you brought it up in the news. And I wanted to address the elephant in the room because I think this is a big story for the region. Uh, but that for my part, uh, I'm not going to really talk about it today. I, I personally um, want uh, to get through the supervisors meeting this morning. I want to personally understand more of what happened. I just don't feel like I'm ready to, you know, discuss it uh, today. And I, I didn't want listeners to think that I uh, didn't think that it was important or wasn't going to talk about it. I'm just not going to talk about it today. But certainly a huge story. And I know Matt, you'll be keeping tabs on it. And and over the next week or so, we'll have we'll have folks coming in. Matt, I have Steve Christie in next week, and this will certainly be a topic of conversation. Be a, be so. a good be a good topic of conversation. There's just too much. I mean, I mean, there's a lot going to be happening behind closed doors today at the supervisors meeting, the executive session. There's just a lot that I think uh, normal people like me don't know yet. And it's a shame. So, a lot of it should not be behind closed doors. That a lot too much of it has totally. been behind closed doors up until now. Yep. Yep. So I'm going to leave it there, uh, but I just wanted uh, you listening out there to know that it's, I mean, obviously it's on my radar as it's on your radar, but I uh, I want to get I want to get information I want to get the facts and I'm not ready to to uh, to give my opinion yet. So uh, you learn that Matt when you're when you're uh, when you're on public uh, listening radio um, and you realize when you sit down that every show is recorded for till the end of time. <laughs> You start to figure out, eh, it might do me well to sound smart as much as I can. And I'm not prepared to sound smart today. <laughs> Matt knows a little bit about that, right? <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, man. Let's do this. Let's go to break early. When we come back, I want to talk about uh, the homelessness report that will be provided to Tucson City Council today and some of my initial thoughts from what I'm seeing and reading. Again, this is a, a spillover from yesterday, our Monday morning news hour. I looked ahead at the county meeting, which I just talked about, and the Tucson City Council meeting, which are both happening today. And I picked out what I thought was uh, important and interesting and valuable. And uh, I didn't get to it yesterday, so I want to get to it today in a bit of a longer segment. I want to talk about homelessness in the city of Tucson and some of the questions that I'm starting to ask. Questions are valuable just as much as answers are. We'll be right back here on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on 1030 The Voice. Trusted local news and talk. 1030 The Voice. Hey, guys, if you're a man over the age of 30 and you want to accelerate fat loss, gain lean athletic muscle, and build habits to maintain results, and the sustainable strength system is for you. I was hanging on to 30 pounds myself that I didn't need. And in this new year, I signed up with Akil for this 90-day program that coaches you through reaching your fitness goals with a focus on intelligent programming, nutrition, injury prevention, and lifestyle. And it's working. I'm losing the weight. If you're ready for a three-month journey to better health and strength, go to sustainablestrengthsystem.com. 
Hey you, if you're like a lot of people in Tucson, you'd love to look at a new home while interest rates are still low, but you hear prices have gone up, competition is fierce, and you'd just rather avoid the hassle. I'm Kathleen Jernigan with CNC Partners, and I want to tell you that you can make the move now. Our team is one of the most successful in greater Tucson, helping buyers get results in this hot market. Call 520-406-0233 and let us know you heard us on Tipping Point to schedule a no-strings-attached conversation to see if we can be on your team. Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is pleased to present the Patrick Martinez Look What You Created exhibition and his first solo museum exhibition in the American Southwest. Los Angeles-based artist Patrick Martinez explores sites of personal, civic, and cultural loss sustained over recent years in America. Opening just this month through April 24th, you can go see it in the Casser family wing of Latin American art. TucsonMuseumOfArt.org to get your tickets now. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. Zach Yenser here, host of Tipping Point, and I want to tell you that Decibel Coffee Works is the coffee we drink at home and while we're out and about. Run by a great local team of people who care about the Tucson community, you'll find a variety of great coffee drinks, beans, pastries, and more. There's also a rumor ice cream is on its way in 2022. To see their full menu and varieties of roasted beans from around the world, visit DecibelCoffeeWorks.com and visit them at 267 South Avenida del Convento. Mention you heard about them on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. The economy is moving forward, and Arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from COVID-19. Leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now. The right talent in key positions will make all the difference, and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge. Devin and her team at Talent Store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire, retention, and your employer brand. Learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule time with Devin and her team. Located just two doors down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger opened just last fall and is serving up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. They're open Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Friday and Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. Follow their beat on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson and mention you heard about them on Tipping Point for 15% off your next order. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, this is Tom Sullivan. Join me weeknights from 7 to 10 for The Tom Sullivan Show on 1030 KVOI, The Voice. back tucson and all of southern arizona here live out of the common workspace studios you're listening to tipping point with zach yenser one of the things we wanted to get to yesterday uh and we weren't able to get to so in this uh second in a row a live line hour where we get to talk about issues together you can call in 520-790-2040 i wanted to talk about what i thought was an item coming up 
uh, in the Tucson City Council meeting today. The study session specifically is a report on homelessness uh, and homeless served uh, in the uh, in the community. And, and a couple of things um, that stood out to me. And, uh, and I'll just get into it, and then I'll ask some questions. So what the, uh, what the Department of Housing and Community Development uh, is, going to, uh, is going to share today is the number of individuals uh, who have been sheltered, homeless uh, individuals who have been sheltered at city sites since last November. So it's looking at a November, December, January, February, March, uh, a, a five-month period, a five-month chunk um, of data. And uh, this is basically looking at the three hotels and uh, or the three or four hotels that the city has purchased um, uh, and, and, and many, if not all, with uh, ARPA dollars and, and other uh, COVID stimulus dollars over the last number of, of months. Uh, the city has purchased three hotels uh, to provide uh, transition shelter, I think it's called, for individuals who are out on the streets. And I want to tell you this number, and then I want to tell you the number of non-city shelter, and then we'll go from there. And I'll give you my thoughts on it. So out of the there's the Oracle, the Wildcat, uh, Anklum, and then there's another hotel listed. And by the way, here's the beautiful thing, guys. <clears throat> this is not secret information that only I have access to. Uh, if you go to with the City of Tucson's uh, meeting page, you can click on the agenda for study session, and you can click through and you can see the presentations and memos and everything that the City Council sees. So I mean, that's how I found this information and I think that's pretty cool. Maybe I'm just a nerd. But I think that's pretty cool. You can go and see the same thing everybody else is looking at and you can come to your own conclusions. But the PowerPoint was attached. I'm looking at the PowerPoint. And since November, so in a five month period, 132 individuals total have been served by city shelter sites over a five month period. They calculate that 88 of those 132 have have stayed for uh, a certain period of time, and it's not quite clear yet from what I'm looking at how long, what that means, if they're, if it's been for five months or uh, whatever the case may be. Um, 37 have had a positive exit, which I think means they've moved on to employment or to support, permanent supportive housing. There's a lot of questions around this. I don't have all the answers yet, but here's the initial numbers, 37 positive exits. And then seven of those 132 have returned to the streets, um, have have not stayed. They have either not taken the option of resources, or they've started that option and then just you know want to be back on the streets. And we know that's a reality. Uh, and then around that, there's about a six thousand dollar per person per month support service. For housing first, there's document collection, housing match, city court, medical assisted treatment, El Rio medical services, on and on and on and on. Again, you can go and find this information. It's really easy if you go to Tucson's uh, meeting agendas. So where am I going with all of this? Uh, I, I, I am learning about the model the city uses called housing first. 
and and what that looks like and and what that means and you know look i think one should celebrate the fact that 132 people over a five-month period found shelter um were able to stay for a period of time 37 individuals had a positive exit to a better life and, and i don't want to minimize any of that and i don't want to sourpuss any of it i don't want to yell but any of it um however without knowing in depth all that goes into this 132 people over a five-month period seems like a very small number. Considering that city council members and others have said that there may be up to 2,000 people a night, certainly in the region, that need a roof over their head. And I'm a data guy, but stories matter too. I I was thinking as I was walking in, because I took the streetcar in, I walked through downtown, I am seeing more, almost by the week, I am seeing uh, bit by bit growth of how unhoused individuals wandering around the streets. I don't recognize them. You know, you, you walk in the same place every day, you start to recognize people. I don't recognize them. Uh, they appear new to me. The number that I notice is growing. And right, what what's, you know, you see four people who are unhoused on your way to the office. It's one person's story. I'm not trying to you know, shape a narrative out of that. But I'm saying, I, I think like a lot of other people, I'm realizing that this issue of homelessness is is growing. And in the scope of literally thousands of people who are unhoused on a given night, 132 people over a five-month period is, I think, something both to celebrate, but also to say, are we doing enough? Do we have enough? So my step two was to say, well, this, this update is just by the city for city sites. How many shelter beds total do we have in the city that are not city-owned properties? And I calculated that because this information is fairly easy to find. Uh, if we take the entire capacity of non-city shelters that are available – that at least the city considers to be non-city options, there are, and this is in two parts, 253 beds available at large. I mean, that that is bed capacity, bed unit capacity. That doesn't mean that's what's available on a given night. That just means that um, if you took everybody out of the shelter right now and started from scratch, that's how many beds are available, total capacity. Plus, Gospel Rescue Mission which I've talked a lot about on this show, um, has 409 units that they can support. So you take you take the about 175 that the city has, add in 253 um, that is available capacity, hold on, that is built capacity, and then the 409 from the Gospel Rescue Mission, that's it. So there are only... Uh, and I can do the better math coming in out of the out of the break, but uh, these numbers match what I've heard that there is only max six hundred to seven hundred shelter beds available in this community on a given night. Now, there's a daily report that comes out of that capacity. How much are available? I'm almost done with the numbers. And uh, numbers stink on radio to listen to. I'm almost done. Those providers, those non-city shelters, will tell the city on a daily basis. Here's how many of that capacity are available. And I'm looking down the list from earlier this week. Zero, 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 
zero, zero. Beds by lottery, no availability at this time, 10, 10, zero. Where am I going with this? Where I'm going is not only do I think that the total capacity is not up to the scale of the challenge, but the availability of that available capacity is just about maxed out where it is. I think that there has to be a drastic shift in how we tackle the challenge of homelessness, how we consider the policies, and how we get ready now for what is up ahead. The big thing that I can point to and pat myself on the back on, because you can go back and listen to now four and a half, almost five years on the radio. I have been saying since almost the beginning, before a lot of people could see it, that Arizona was approaching a housing crisis. And here we are, a housing crisis. And I want to tell you today that we are approaching a crisis of homelessness in this community. And if we do not, I think, rapidly scale up the transition shelter capacity of this community, if we do not fully rely and lean on partners, public and private, we are heading towards what we see in other cities. And we're not there yet. So it may be hard to see, but we are heading there. And I think the number, the factor, is that we just don't have enough transition shelter capacity. We don't have enough roofs for enough people to be able to humanely shift people from the streets into recovery and resilience. And to me, more than housing, right? a housing-first approach is we'll provide more single units to people we will provide low barriers to entry. The accountability is a little bit less. That's our solution going forward. I just don't think it's it. And I think if the number that I'm looking at is that it costs $6,000 per person per month to provide the wraparound services, then I think we've got to also have greater accountability around recovery and self-resilience to make those dollars uh, uh, match the investment of the taxpayer. Because don't forget, that's where those dollars come from. Come from people who buy into a social contract and provide resources to be used for public-private partnerships to solve problems. That's ultimately what your taxes should be going to. And I'm just becoming worried, not because I have all the answers, I'm just I'm I'm just asking questions and not I'm just asking questions. There's a lot of people who ask questions to make a point. I'm asking questions because I realize there's a lot that I still don't know. But I'm adding up the numbers. I'm looking at what you're looking at. I'm seeing what I'm seeing in the community, and my concern is growing that the the that the that the scope of our solutions right now is not up to the scale of the challenge. And I think the numbers bear that out. And it's up ultimately to people like you and me to keep asking the questions and to say, I don't know if this is on the right track. I don't know if we're up to the challenge. And you see cities like New York and other cities that take the initiative to scale up their shelter opportunities as well as their housing opportunities. We'll be right back on 1030 The Voice Tipping Point with Zach Yensu returns. Give me a call, 520-790-2040. We'll be right back to talk about Space City 
of the Southwest. Don't go anywhere. Hey you, if you're like a lot of people in Tucson, you'd love to look at a new home while interest rates are still low, but you hear prices have gone up, competition is fierce, and you'd just rather avoid the hassle. I'm Kathleen Jernigan with CNC Partners, and I want to tell you that you can make the move now. Our team is one of the most successful in greater Tucson, helping buyers get results in this hot market. Call 520-406-0233 and let us know you heard us on Tipping Point to schedule a no-strings-attached conversation to see if we can be on your team. Hey, guys, if you're a man over the age of 30 and you want to accelerate fat loss, gain lean athletic muscle, and build habits to maintain results, then the Sustainable Strength System is for you. I was hanging on to 30 pounds myself that I didn't need. And in this new year, I signed up with Akil for this 90-day program that coaches you through reaching your fitness goals with a focus on intelligent programming, nutrition, injury prevention, and lifestyle. And it's working. I'm losing the weight. If you're ready for a three-month journey to better health and strength, go to SustainableStrengthSystem.com. In 2021, FC Tucson was just getting started. We're building something special that all of Tucson can be proud of. Don't miss FC Tucson in action in 2022. Secure your season tickets now at fctucson.com or call 520-600-3095 and download the FC Tucson app in the App Store or Google Play to get updates on MLS preseason as FC Tucson welcomes the biggest teams in U.S. soccer in January and February. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. Helping you make better money decisions is what the Ramsey Show is all about. Today at 1 p.m. on 1030 The Voice. And we're back, Tucson, and all this other narrows. And a good morning to you. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030 KVOI, the voice, daily in-depth news, conversation, and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. And I am your host, Zach Yenser. If you're just joining us, if you've been listening, thanks for listening. It's an open phone line hour, 520-790-2040. You know, I've said on the show... Uh, almost as long as I've had the show, uh, I think, here on 1030 The Voice, um, that it is our job, no matter what we do and who we are in our community and in all communities, uh, to have one foot in the pothole and one foot on the moon. Uh, sometimes literally, <laughs> in the case of Tucson, and I'll get to the really cool opportunity that I think we have, but certainly figuratively. Um, that that we need to be solving the issues of the day while also shaping the future ahead. We need to have our eye on the big idea, and we need to be taking care of the P's and Q's. And I think today's show is an example of that. Uh, on this show, and we'll get to the phone lines in just a second, on this show, you know, I've said for years that Arizona is going to face a housing crisis. I said it years before it became a something that now you read about every day, that the ability to purchase, sell, maintain a home, so this is not related to homelessness per se, um, but, but the housing crisis was going to come to roost in Arizona. And no one believed me because Arizona was always this affordable Sunbelt state. And now 
you can only afford to buy a home in Glendale um, if you make north of $85,000 a year. We have a problem. And I'm telling you today that the pothole that we have to be solving, no matter whether you are involved in the public sector, whether you are an entrepreneurship, whatever you do in this community, we have to get the essentials right. We have to have the right policy on homelessness. We have to have the right policy on the economy, um, on public safety, on parks, on roads. Those things have to be right for what I'm going to talk about in a minute, and that is Tucson's moment, I think, to be the space city of the Southwest. We've got some amazing seeds in the ground. We've got to make sure the P's and Q's um, are taken care of. And, and as I was speaking with uh, someone earlier they said, Zach, do you feel like the window is closing to tackle these challenges effectively? One million percent, yes. There is a window now to tackle issues to set up a great next 30 to 50 years. Um, and if we miss the window, it'll be 30 to 50 years again before we can do that. Let's go to the phone lines. Ray is on the line. Ray, thanks for holding. You are live on the air. Go ahead. Good morning, Zach. Uh, basically, you know, like it would help if just the volume of people was not as great as it is. And and, uh, last couple months, I spoke to several of the homeless people there on the I-10 medium that collect money from from people that are stuck in a turn lane. And uh, one of them actually admitted that his whole adult family was given one-way tickets during the wintertime from Chicago uh, from a nonprofit who told them that I don't talk about it, but uh, you're going to go to mild weather and lots mm. of help in Tucson. And uh, they, you know, the reason uh, they told them they, they wanted them to go to Tucson was they couldn't maintain the cost of helping them, the housing, the transportation, the mental health cost, but mm. that Tucson could. And basically they uh, shifted the cost of the homeless from their, their community to our community. And uh, possibly can we do the same and ship some of them back with one-way tickets and that would help alleviate the problem just by alleviating a percentage of them from from our area. Ray, I appreciate the call and you are I think the I've heard this I've heard this might be happening. You are actually the first first-hand person I've gotten to talk to who have said that they've talked to people um, who have been a part uh, of that migration, and so that that's interesting to me. And I don't know enough about that policy to say is that something that that Tucson does. What I will say is that I think it shows that the way that our urban centers around this country are tackling homelessness, it's broken, and people don't want to recognize that it's broken. And my solution, and it's not original to me, but my solution is becoming shelter first, treatment first, housing earned. Um, to address the underlying challenges that you just mentioned um, that lead to this process of cities shifting responsibility because their policy is broken. And and I think Tucson's I wouldn't I don't know if I'm ready to call it, Tucson's policy is broken. I think it's incomplete. I think it's not up to the challenge. And I think if we keep going this way it will be broken. Um, but but the way that American cities tackle this challenge um, is is not actually addressing the challenge it's band-aiding it and when and when big cities like chicago can't fix it they send it our way and i remember hearing this uh, about phoenix as well um that phoenix at one point in time may have done the same thing um down to tucson so ray i i appreciate the the call i appreciate your firsthand 
uh, experience with this, and it just validates what I think we're trying to talk about um, on the show. Carlos is on the line as well. Uh, I think about this topic as well. Carlos called 520-790-2040. Carlos, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hi, Zach. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm listening to you, and, and I, I've listened to a number of your um, shows where you've talked about this, and I appreciate I appreciate you challenging the policymakers um, that that the approach that they're doing right now is not scalable. And the, the only thing that I want to challenge you about scaling a shelter, um, a sheltering type of process and then follow is that now all of a sudden you've made this massive shelter. Will you create a magnet for more people to come to Tucson to take advantage of the shelters that are, that you've scaled. And then what happens when, you know, as you've gone through these numbers, some of the people that go into the shelter don't want to find out they don't really want to be in the shelter or they, or they graduate from shelter, the treatment, and they don't want to be in treatment. And, and then now they're back on the streets and now we've got this huge shelter issue. And unless you, I mean, I, I, I commend, like I said, I commend you on, on, on your approach, but if, if you, if you, dis, if you, if you don't disincentivize the people that just want to be hanging out on the side of the road, then you're just going to keep having more and more people at some point just hanging out on the side of the road and living, you know, in, in whatever they, in whatever they create on this, on the side of the road. I, I just, you know, there there has to be there has to be some way to, and I don't think you're really talking about. I don't think you're really talking about that. You're just talking about this progression into into housing. But what happens? What do you do with the folks that that just don't want that? I guess that's my challenge to, to, for you to talk about. And, and I'll get off the phone and, and listen to you. Yeah, Carlos. No, I I appreciate the call, and. Um... Yeah, and appreciate you listening as much as you have to my on-the-air uh, learning process and kind of uh, <laughs> listening to me as I talk this out because uh, I've often said I'm not – I like to be an expert at the end of all this. I'm not today, but I'm certainly digging in because as you started, Carlos, uh, look, I think there is a pro-human, pro-cities policy that we haven't totally figured out yet in, in this city. Let's just talk about Tucson. Um, and that's where I want to go. I, I want to get to a pro-cities, pro-human, pro-public space policy um, because I, I want to see people and communities thrive. Uh, and, and I want to see you know a just and righteous approach to actually solving the problem and not band-aiding it. You know, I think the magnet, um, the, the the magnet that we are seeing. Uh, into other communities around the country are, you know, for example, there are West Coast cities that actually have passed laws that provides uh, that provide stipends to those who are unhoused. And I think in San Francisco, which I think is the most extreme example, uh, San Francisco I think provides six hundred dollars a month. Uh, and uh, not only that, but you can still be uh, panhandling on the street. Uh, you still get certain uh, medical care. Um, and then the policy around housing first is uh, that there's a low barrier to entry to uh, individual housing units. 
um, that don't on at the front end require a lot of accountability around treatment, recovery, and mental health. In my mind, what I'm seeing around the country, that's the magnet. I, I, what, what I'm not seeing as, as much of a magnet um, are places like Center of Opportunity, which is a shelter first, treatment first, housing earned community that I toured last week, um, where with 350 shelter beds available, they placed 500 people in jobs, 400 in eventual permanent housing, and 200 completed addiction recovery um, last year. I think a um, a, 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 a different city policy that creates accountability um, to those services is less of a magnet um, than the current policy. So, so Carlos, I guess to your point, and thanks for listening to me talk this through, I don't, I don't, when I say shelter, I'm really referring to shelter with accountability on the way towards housing earned. Um, so it's less about just handouts. I'm actually pushing back on that. And I'm saying we need to provide just humane housing that protects our public space and that on the way requires recovery and incentivizes recovery. And not everyone's going to take that. There are some people um, that, that for whom this is just not going to help. And you can't ultimately control you know, someone's life. But you can create... Uh, uh, you can create policy. I mean, in New York right now, and it's very controversial, the new mayor, who's a Democrat, um, by the way, um, is having to navigate this because the the uh, impromptu shelters on the streets um, are illegal. And he's, he's trying to set up more stabilization beds um, and more safe havens to basically say, look, you can't set up house on the sidewalk. You have to be in a shelter. And there's some cities, and there's different laws from American laws. There are some cities in Europe um, where they have a very, uh, very much enforced policy around uh, you need to be in shelter. We will provide you wraparound resources, but uh, you can't be on this bench tomorrow, and I'll be back in 24 hours to make sure that you are escorted to, to the nearest shelter. So I'm researching right now what are, what are the, what's the capacity of the American city to have a little bit of a more of a firm approach um, that provides just and humane resources and recovery resources um, to, to tackle these to tackle these problems. But I think Carlos, and we'll close and go to break and come back to the phone lines on this, Matt, is I don't think the magnet is accountability. I think magnet is the low barrier, low accountability resources that cities have often uh, tended towards. It's interesting because the city council right now wants to expand feeding permits in the parks. And I understand the good intentions behind that. And they want to work with faith communities and, and churches on that. And I understand that partnership as well. But to me, Carlos, I think that's the wrong direction. Yeah, I, I think we need to be figuring out how do we get more of these folks involved with Gospel Rescue Mission, for example, as the largest shelter in our community that's not a city shelter. How do we get more of those people connected to the services they need rather than just magnetizing people to our parks and public spaces with free food? And I would challenge churches. I'm not sure that's the solution. And I say this out of love and passion for, you know, for a good community is I think that's a feel-good Sunday event, but it is harming and not helping. And my hope for churches and faith-based groups is that you dig in deeper and you do the harder work to actually be a part of getting people to the services and solutions they need rather than making 
people feel good on a Sunday morning. Let's get serious about this. For the good of community, for shalom, for peace, for prosperity, for thriving. Carlos, you got me on a soapbox. Matt's kicking me off of it. Thank you, Matt. Let's go to break. When we come back, uh, we will uh, take one more call, if uh, as many calls as we can. And, uh, and then I want to talk about, my goodness, Space City of the Southwest. I've got some listeners who are getting a little bit mad at me that I've talked about this for two days, but I haven't talked about it. But that's okay. We've got time this week. This is important. Let's have a, a community conversation on this. 520-790-2040. We'll be back after a short break. The Voice, Tucson's trusted local news and talk. Zach Yenser here, host of Tipping Point, and I want to tell you that Decibel Coffee Works is the coffee we drink at home and while we're out and about. Run by a great local team of people who care about the Tucson community, you'll find a variety of great coffee drinks, beans, pastries, and more. There's also a rumor ice cream is on its way in 2022. To see their full menu and varieties of roasted beans from around the world, visit DecibelCoffeeWorks.com and visit them at 267 South Avenida del Convento. Mention you heard about them on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open air Mercado San Agustin Annex, just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. Tucson. Have you heard of local nonprofit Impact of Southern Arizona, where we are more than just a food bank with a clothing bank, youth and senior programs where we are moving people forward. Arizona Gives Day is coming up on April 5th and 6th, where you have the chance to support organizations like Impact. Learn more about Impact of Southern Arizona and our critical programs at www.impactsoaz.org. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open air Mercado San Agustin Annex, just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. In 2021, FC Tucson was just getting started. We're building something special that all of Tucson can be proud of. Don't miss FC Tucson in action in 2022. Secure your season tickets now at fctucson.com or call 520-600-3095 and download the FC Tucson app in the App Store or Google Play to get updates on MLS preseason as FC Tucson welcomes the biggest teams in U.S. soccer in January and February. 
Tucson. Your Tucson Museum of Art is pleased to present the Patrick Martinez Look What You Created exhibition and his first solo museum exhibition in the American Southwest. Los Angeles-based artist Patrick Martinez explores sites of personal, civic, and cultural loss sustained over recent years in America. Opening just this month through April 24th, you can go see it in the Castor Family Wing of Latin American Art. TucsonMuseumOfArt.org to get your tickets now. Hey, guys, if you're a man over the age of 30 and you want to accelerate fat loss, gain lean athletic muscle, and build habits to maintain results, then the Sustainable Strength System is for you. I was hanging on to 30 pounds myself that I didn't need. And in this new year, I signed up with Akil for this 90-day program that coaches you through reaching your fitness goals with a focus on intelligent programming, nutrition, injury prevention, and lifestyle. And it's working. I'm losing the weight. If you're ready for a three-month journey to better health and strength, go to SustainableStrengthSystem.com. This is Bill Buckmaster, our monthly arts report during the noon hour on 1030, Tucson's voice for trusted news talk. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. Good morning to you. Welcome back. We're live out of the Common Workspace Studios. Tipping Point with Zach Yenzer. It's been another live line hour talking about what you want to talk about. And uh, yet today was a spillover show from the topics I didn't get to yesterday. And it looks like Thursday of this week is going to be a spillover show for the topics we still didn't get to uh, today. But that's okay because I'd much rather have a conversation uh, on the phone lines. Uh, We're going to get right to the phones in just a second. But we uh, have had an extended conversation on homelessness in Tucson. It's a topic that evidently people want to talk about and they should. Uh, I think it is the next crisis on the horizon that, uh, as I did in the second segment, counting up shelter capacity in this community uh, versus the need for those who are unhoused in this community. Uh, We are not uh, scaling solutions to the scope of the problem. And when you do not have a solution that can be scaled, when the numbers are getting larger, you are entering into crisis mode. And we're going to see that in Tucson uh, over the next 12 to 18 months. And we got to have one foot in the pothole, one foot on the moon. we got to be moonshotting uh, the big ideas, the big, hair audacious goals in our community, and we have to be maintaining the P's and Q's uh, on the stuff that uh, creates thriving, quality communities. And we got to do it at the same time. On Thursday, I'll talk about uh, the space city of the Southwest potential that Tucson could be, the seeds in the ground that I think we need to pour a lot more water on a lot more quickly. Let's go back to the phone lines as we wrap up. Rick has been holding. Rick, thanks for uh, holding on the line. You're live. Go ahead. Yeah, thanks, my friend. You know, you keep talking about this homeless scenario. First of all, my experience, and I have worked with the homeless over the years, but my experience was they all know where all these resources are. Uh, contrary, they're, they're not. But here's a part of homelessness that we haven't talked about, and we're going to run into a real problem is the senior community. Because eventually they're going to be driven out of their homes uh, because of they're living on a limited income, Social Security, maybe a disability. But the senior community is going to be struggling to find really safe places for them to live. And my generation uh, is going to be a major boon into this area arena. And uh, when you look at the price of properties right now for rent, uh, a lot of seniors don't own their own homes. 
um, they're going to be struggling. Yep. And we need to look in advance how are we going to address that particular issue. Thanks, my friend. Appreciate you. Rick, I appreciate the call and very much on and very much on point. And look, you know, uh, we talk about the stories on the streets that don't get told, and and that is uh, that mental health and drug addiction is so often an underlying cause. But it's not the only cause. You know, if you talk to people who uh, do drive-throughs of some of the encampments right now in Tucson, you're meeting the the mother and father and two kids um, who couldn't afford rent. You're meeting, uh, Rick, to your point, a lot more senior citizens. And, you know, and I talk about how on housing we need to have more development of housing along a spectrum of affordability, affordable work pl- workforce market rate and luxury those four buckets we need more of all of it and we need it to happen faster and on the affordable side the public sector has a role to play because their incentives are different uh they don't have to go uh necessarily and i'm 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 i'm, I'm really simplifying it uh, the public sector doesn't have to have the same conversations uh, with the bank uh, around whether can you get six or seven percent return on this, right? The incentives are different. I'm oversimplifying it. Uh, but together, the public sector uh, and government funding and the private sector can collaborate on faster, better development of, uh, of affordable uh, housing units. And there was a great piece written by Neto Portillo, who works for Housing and Community Development. It's in Spanish. I don't think there's an English version uh, about uh, a public housing community in Menlo Park, my neighborhood, that is housing seniors who are getting priced out of the community. And we have to be tackling that. And this is my concern uh, overall, is we are not quickly enough growing our resources at scale to meet the demands that we face. We're not building fast enough. We don't have enough staffing uh, to get building happening. Uh, we, we don't have enough shelter capacity. We're not growing that shelter capacity. Um, and, and we're just not shaping policy with an urgency to tackle whether it's mental health, whether it is whether it is not being able to age in place. I think everybody knows what the problems are um, but they're not getting tackled fast enough. And Rick, I appreciate your call. I think you, I think you rounded out the conversation with your call in the way, in the way that we needed to. Uh, we really need to be making sure that we're protecting and guarding our senior community, uh, as the ability to age in place is getting more difficult. Uh, as the housing crisis, back to that, it, it is starting to spin out of control as well. Um, so. Uh, let's continue learning and figuring out together. I think part of my job is to say, here's the numbers I'm looking at. Here's what I think it means. Let's figure out the solutions. And uh, and you can be sure that if I don't have the solution today, I'm thinking about it, and I'll keep throwing ideas out your way, and I hope you keep calling in uh, and keep having conversation with us. So that does it for us today. Uh, we'll talk about Space City of the Southwest on Thursday. Tomorrow is going to be on the program an Arizona Gives Day spotlight of a few nonprofits who are doing great work in this community. And there's many of them, and they are asking for your support, and they deserve your support uh, today and tomorrow. Tomorrow will be our Arizona Gives Day themed show. Uh, look forward to that. And then uh, Friday, we're going to have Pima County. Pima Community College Chancellor Lee Lambert on the show. I'm looking forward to that as well. Hugh Hewitt's up next. Bill Buckmaster is at noon, as always, Tucson. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. 
be well out there. Thank you.